broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ravaged. Again. And again. And again. Uh, Kermit the Frog here of Sesame Street News, and today we are going to interview the occupants of this cottage right here. And this is the cottage of the three little pigs. Ah, three little pigs. I will count them as you talk to them. Uh, well, I don't think that'll work, Count, actually. Oh, nonsense. Counting always works. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, just just try to uh, just try to stay out of the way, would you? Huh? Hmm. Yes. Oh, Kermit the Frog of Sesame Street. One little pig. Uh, 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 uh. Fourth and fourteen with one oh five to go. Travis delivers. Uh, uh, don't pay any attention. Uh, who is it, Harold? Two little well, pigs. Travis gonna go deep. Has a man in stride. It is Pokey Wilson. No strike first. Will you cut that out? I'll tell you, this frog knocks on the door first, and then all of a sudden this guy starts counting. I don't know what's going uh, well, it's on. Oh, it's Kermit the Frog of Sesame Street News here. Uh, all right, all right. Three, now, what's going on? Three little pigs. What's uh, going on? Uh, 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 uh. Okay, it's all for you, Count. Okay, thanks a lot. Huh? No, 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 no. Hmm? Don't worry about the Count. I will be as silent as a mouse. Good. Unless I find something else to count. <laughs> we'll come to your damn house, but I'll follow your throat if that's not your damn heart. Ah, one pussy willow. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good times, good job. On the montage, Tommy. That's fun. Challenging for our listeners, I think. There's a there's a there's an element to that. You got to sit patiently. It's hard to be patient when you're ready for the uh, the big bang. And Florida State provides that opportunity with a win, and that is three straight over Miami. Ten and zero. Soon to be eleven and zero. 
as North Alabama comes to town. Pre-game show, we will be there at 3.30. Kickoff is 6.30 for that football game against North Alabama on Senior Day. It will be a cool moment this Saturday to be able to, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time at the end of this game and with the game that's at hand being less than competitive coming up on Saturday, you do have time to reflect about where the program has come from and how quickly it has done so. And I think that's the part that I find myself doing a lot over these last 48 hours and will continue to do as I look ahead because it's funny, if you give an opinion that you think Florida State may lose a game down the line, it's that you're hating on Florida State or something stupid like that. That's a small-minded way of viewing uh, analysis. Uh, On the other hand, I do want to make sure that I provide balance, which is to suggest that I cannot be more impressed with Mike Norvell and his staff as to how quickly this has gotten to a place where we could have crazy expectations, where you could go from five and seven to ten and three, and now soon to be eleven and zero, is it is remarkable. It is not just a lot of hard work and great coaching. Uh, the buy-in is self-evident. These guys play hard for one another. They love each other. They believe in what the program is doing, and and they believe in 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 really the the work ethic that is uh, espoused over and over and over again. And I think that that portends of greatness to come. When you have a coach who's hungry, who's young, who's hardworking, who's innovative, and who seems to connect and get people, players in particular, right? And that's the other thing is that I think players love to play for him and coaches love to coach with him. And that is, these are all things pointing to Florida State being uh, in the mix for the foreseeable future. But now let's address this because we didn't get to it last hour. We did talk about... Uh, Jimbo Fisher getting fired and what that represents and what that means and all of that. Um, But Mike Norvell was asked today about the Texas A&M job. Now, first things first, I preface it by saying, that's not surprising. Get used to a young coach who's having success, who's turned a program around rapidly, who's innovative, who's well thought of within the coaching community. And this has been an interesting year, right? We have listened to coaches, our opponents, those coaches say a lot of flattering things about Norvell and what he's meant to the program and the way that he's built it. And that includes people that haven't always gotten along with, say, Florida State. Dabo Sweeney has nothing but great things to say about Mike Norvell. I don't need Dabo to say those things. I don't really care that he does, but it's worth noting because he has been a preeminent coach in this conference for the better part of a decade. Many others have done the same. So Mike's reputation is expanding beyond Tallahassee. He was great at Memphis. He's been very good here, and he's going to get a look when other jobs open up. It doesn't mean that he wants to leave. It doesn't mean that he's going to leave. But I think we as a fan base better get used to the fact that his name is going to come up. When Penn State gets tired of losing every single game they play against anybody who's any good, you're probably going to hear Mike Norvell's name come up to replace James Franklin. If a couple of SEC jobs open up, you're probably going to hear Mike Norvell's name as a possibility at those jobs. Now, here's the thing. Florida State is not a stepping stone job. The administration is all in on football. The revenue surrounding football continues to grow, 
But there is a stark reality here, which is why we've made so much noise about wanting to get out of the ACC, and that is that we are able to bring in less money than SEC programs because of our godforsaken, sorry-ass television contract. And so there are schools that have more money than cents, like Texas A&M, that could throw crazy figures at coaching candidates. And so I think a lot of people in that situation are all ears. Now, I don't think that Mike's going to take the Texas A&M job, but I wasn't surprised at all to hear that he was a candidate. Here's what Mike Norvell had to say about that today. Coach, uh, two national outlets uh, were discussing a, a coaching vacancy and put your name on a, a potential list. I know you can't control your name being involved in those things, but what is your sort of reaction when these things happen, and, and how do you manage that in your conversations? Yeah, it's not. It's, you know, there's there's not really any point to talk about it. You know, in a, in a sense, I mean, yeah, it's funny how uh, you know how sometimes those things get out there and people want to to you know try to use that, you know, and, and especially in recruiting and things like that. Well, I always tell recruits, I told recruits two years ago, and a lot of these guys that were recruiting now, I said, well, it's funny, you know, two years ago, every coach was talking about, well, how long is it, you know, how long is he going to be there? You know, they better win some games or, or he's not. And I, but I told him then, I said, watch, in two years, everybody's going to be trying to use the other thing. Well, but you know, this is like that. I can't control any of that, and, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're we're so excited about what we're building here, where we're going, um, you know, the opportunity that's ahead. I mean, this is uh, it's a special place, and that's you know, I think that speaks for itself. So, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity, and um, you know, but I can't con- I can't control uh, you know, all those things. All right, so a couple of things here. It's going to be fascinating because. Fans of any school want their coach to unequivocally say that they are not going to take whatever the job rumor is, right? That they're not going to take that job. No matter what, they're not going to take that job. That's what fans want to hear their coach say. Now, Mike was not asked right there by Aslan whether or not Mike would take the Texas a and job, and of course he wouldn't have answered it, I do not believe. Uh, in that situation, it'd be kind of weird, uh, given that they're preparing for a game this weekend, fresh off the win against Miami, and then they've got the game against Florida there in the midst of all this. And I don't you know, think that Mike is, is, is leaving, no matter how nervous the fan base gets. But I will say this, and Nick Saban learned this the hard way, you, you, don't, you don't speak in absolutes about these jobs. I, I've i said many times over the years that um, even if you are all in on a job, you owe it to yourself and your family to listen to whatever job offers come your way. Doesn't mean you're going to take them. But, you know, I've said, what if... And some of these schools, A&M in particular, are insane. Some of them say things like, we'll give you $200 million to come take a job. And you might say, well, golly, I mean, there's, there's more to life than money. Yeah, yeah, there is. But your agent, your attorneys, and the people that represent you are going to tell you, my man, let us do our job. Mike might want 
better facilities tomorrow. He may want any number of things, more money for his assistant coaches. He may want a lot of things that he currently doesn't have that don't have as much to do with his personal pocketbook as it does the program building that he wants to engage in. And so, therefore, this is leverage, potentially. And you're just not going to get a lot of coaches say, no how, no way, no matter what, I'm staying here. Very rarely. Every now and again you do, but not always. And that doesn't mean they want to go. It doesn't mean they are going to go. But in that situation, you can talk about a lot of things, and he did right off the bat. He's happy here, excited about what they're building, excited that they've got this going in the right direction. He knew that this day would come because he was confident in what they were building. And I think that's true, too. And those are all fair things to discuss, and it's great. But I think that um, to, it's naive. It's naive to think that uh, that coaches, any coach, anywhere, in any job, wouldn't at least listen to what was being offered. I'll put it that way. Things have changed a lot uh, in college football from a financial standpoint over the last 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, hell. And it continues to change. So coaches are going to listen. They're going to listen. Uh, I do hope, um, obviously, that this is a situation where Texas A&M moves quickly. I think by virtue of the fact that they fired Jimbo with games still to be played, it indicates they have their guy. I would tend to agree there because it's important to message to the current players you have what the solution is mm-hmm. and, who the, and who the coach is. You know, maybe if it's even hinting because you don't have ink on paper, but you tell the kids that you've got a plan. It's just this is part of the domino effect of the early signing period and the transfer portal and those windows. You have to act earlier than you ever have had to before because if you're going to bring in a new guy, he's got to have at least a fighting chance to go make some you know, in-home visits and, and use those bullets in the chamber, assemble his staff, make those calls. Signing day is a little bit later on the calendar this year. It is Wednesday, December 20th. Usually it's closer to the 15th. So you have a few days there, but every day is critical. And the portal every opens, and the portal opens before that. It's on the 4th or the 5th, so that you, it's time to go. It, it's humongous. Like this, yeah, everything about these, these windows um, – creates a a situation that just wasn't so 10 years ago you could play it out through the 12th game make a change then and you know signing days not till february you got plenty of time you have an interim coach for the bowl game it still is the old staff and then we'll waltz in on the first of the year and and we'll set the tone and we'll get some momentum going in january it's just everything is so much more compressed now so i understand that for me i'm not worried about mike what i'm worried about is okay so now a&m's fired their coach Mississippi State fired their coach. Michigan State's changing. I would think South Carolina might be looking long and hard at the end of the Beamer era. I'm looking for the best players at each on each one of those rosters. And I'm saying, who can we get from those rosters to join our roster and make our team better moving forward? I'm not looking at what's on the outgoing side of the market. I'm looking on what is potentially can be on the incoming you side of the market. You and me both. I, I just wanted to give a bigger picture discussion or lend a bigger picture discussion to uh, what a lot of people in the fan base will be worried about or thinking about, which is that Mike would even consider another job. And I don't, this is, it could be A&M, it could be any job. It could be USC, it could be Michigan, it could be Ohio State, it could be any job. Most every coach, and certainly their agents, are going to say, 
let us do our job. I know you want to stay there. We got it. But we're going to, we're going to listen because we're going to create leverage and we're going to get the things you want, whether that's more money for you or more money for your coaches or more money for facilities. Let us do our job. And I, I think almost all coaches these days are business savvy enough to listen to that and do that. They're not going to come out and say what every fan wants them to say, which is that I am not going to take job A, job B, jobs. They're not going to say that. Yeah, I think in a sense, given where Florida State is record-wise and what we have before us this season, the opportunity this season, and given that these windows open when they do, the fact that decisions need to be made in November or early December at the latest is kind of a nice shield for this year for Florida State. You, you're going to leave a, a playoff roster? Oh, well, well, State? well I mean, yeah, you know no, what Mike's, I mean? Like, yeah, Mike's not going anywhere, yeah. He's not going anywhere, but I'm just saying, I, you know, even if he was offered the moon and you're going, what in the hell kind of number is that? You're going to leave this situation? Like, if we had one or two losses and are out of the college football playoff discussion, perhaps you sit down and you have those, those conversations more seriously. But there's so much before you here. Like, if you were Dabo, for example, and I'm not saying that A&M's going after Dabo, but you've got four losses, and if A&M decided to restart the clock for you, I think in that situation where you've got nothing before you except hopefully an 8-4 and four finish, like you would listen more seriously than if you're Mike Norvell, you're undefeated, you're about to go to the playoff, and your stock is going to go through the roof in the next two or three years. If you're talking about getting down to the dollars and cents of it, my, my value hasn't even come close to peaking of as a commodity. Not. It's still on the way up. I finish the job here. I do it right this year and the next year or two. Man, I'll be able to name my number in Tallahassee or elsewhere. Yeah, and a lot of these guys, I mean, Mike's making over $8 million a year. He's doing all right. I mean, they're not hurting for money right now. It's, it's, it's you know, they're not like, this isn't one of those situations where we've all been in jobs where we're making, you know, not a lot of money and all of a sudden that offer is double what you're making or triple what you're making. Oh man, I kind of got it. You know, that's not, a lot of these guys are wealthy beyond their wildest dreams and he's young and wealthy. Uh, Mike's got a very bright future, but he's got a very bright future right here. And I think you're right. And Florida State is one of those jobs. That's why I opened my comments with Florida State is not a stepping stone job. But we do have to confront, the longer we stay in the ACC, the reality that our coaches will be targets in any of the sports that we play in. Any, obviously, you got a great softball coach. you got a great soccer coach. you got a great whatever coach. I'm in the SEC. My coach ain't getting it done. I got twice the money you have, three times the money you have. I can make them an offer they can't refuse. That's the mentality of a league like the SEC and a league like the Big Ten. And if you want to guard against that, you got to get the hell up out of here. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Irash Bell will be joining us here in about three minutes or so in the interim. I need to get to a couple of super chats that I didn't hit earlier today because, I don't know, I was just uh, excited about Florida State's win over Miami and being 10-0 and whatever that was that I ignored you guys, and I shouldn't do that. Joe writes, Jeff, I enjoy hearing your interactions with a-hole Canes fans. Anything happened with them on Saturday? No, not really around any. I saw the despondent look on their faces um, through almost all of the second half and the sinking realization that they were under that this was not going to go their way. So I appreciate that, Joe. Unfortunately, I don't have any stories to tell. I think they've kind of fallen back into their lot in life, which is that of also Rands. Jeffrey writes, do you think we have a chance at going 13-0? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's more than it's it's highly likely. Highly likely. Also, has number three hit the portal yet? Laugh out loud. I like Hussey and think he should start back there. And <laughs> Brown. Oh boy, Jeffrey. Uh, what do we got here? C Black writes. Jeff Clemson never had a great offensive line during their run. Uh, no, not a dominant offense. One of their offensive lines was very good. Uh, but yes, I get your point. I didn't say we couldn't win one. I'm saying that I don't think we're the favorite to win one, and I, in certain matchups, don't like our chances. Um, other matchups, I do. Other matchups, I do. And I and I will qualify all that I said, like I did before, by noting the break that would happen in between the ACC championship game and any playoff appearance. Uh, that that would go a long way in getting healthy. And, and then obviously, like I said, I'll repeat that over and over again. Getting Daryl Jackson in there would be a big damn deal um, on the defensive line. There he is. Irrashafel, Warchant.com, the website. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. So are you going to pin Mike Norvell down tomorrow after practice about whether or not he's taking the Texas A&M job? <laughs> we, uh, I had a lot of today i know uh, i played the clip yeah no he uh i mean look man i i think we talked about it a little bit last night in the smash i just i don't think it's uh it would make any sense in the world for mike norvell to do that but hey you know it's not like florida state's not paying him he's making over eight million dollars right. a year yeah. texas a&m gonna offer him 
fifteen million dollars a year. I mean, it's just uh, I don't. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I, but I was just saying, I was, I was explaining, and I, not chidingly so, but to people who ask the question, like, why would even, why would somebody even listen? Well, I, I think you, you owe it, no matter who you are and how happy you are. I think you owe it to yourself, your family, and everybody else to listen. I mean, who knows, right? You, you can always listen to a job offer. It doesn't mean you're going to take it. But people, you know, fans are passionate about their school, and they don't ever want to hear that their guy would ever consider or even listen to another job. I don't think Mike Norvell is going anywhere right now, and why would he? He's got an undefeated football team that is on the come. This team's only going to get better in the next two to three years. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, and to your point, in fairness, yeah. I mean, you and me and everybody else probably listening to this right now has been in a situation where you're perfectly happy in the job, but if you've done a good job, then somebody else might inquire about whether you'd be interested. And I always listen. I'm sure you do also. Um, and I think most people do. Absolutely. But it's in in this situation, obviously, it's in Mike Nor- Norvell's interest to make sure that th- that doesn't fester because he does have a lot going on with recruiting right now, and, and schools are going to use that against him. The longer your name is mentioned with other jobs, other schools will use that against you. My guess is that it's Elko. I think they probably already know it, and I think that's who they're going to hire. You want to venture a guess just for fun? He would be a good choice. I mean, uh, he's definitely impressive, and – um, I, one thing that I thought was interesting is how many times uh, Russ Bjork or Bork, I'm not sure how to mm-hmm. the last name, uh, talked about wanting a new head coach that's very positive. And, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was, thought that was interesting. I think that was the last guy. You noticed that too, did you? Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for somebody with some positivity. We're working. We're working towards hiring somebody that is positive, that you can interact with, that is uh, amenable to discussion. Got, that might. <laughs> got, got good personal skills. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't threaten our most prominent boosters. And uh, that, <laughs> correct. Uh, I think that's what they're going to be aiming for. All right. So, what say you? about the rest of the way. I love 3-2-1 because you hinted at the fact that you think the Florida game could be a little tougher than people realize. By the way, I agree because Florida can score. Yeah, I, I actually like Graham Mertz a lot better than I expected when they signed him. Uh, I did not – I thought – to me, I thought it was going to be Alex Hornibrook part two, um, but he has not been that. And really, I think you look at Florida's offense, it's almost been two separate seasons. Early in the year, they were trying to be – a little bit more smash mouth until they realized they couldn't do it. And then they've gone to more, you know, a a lot more passing. They'll go empty sometimes. And uh, they've given him a chance to make some plays, and he's done it. I mean, the last five games, I think they're averaging about 35 points a game, and that includes the Georgia game where they only scored 20. So uh, playing at home, I expect they'll score some points against Florida State. But I also think Florida State's offense is going to have a a really nice day because that Florida defense is – atrocious well they appear broken right about now it is shocking to watch uh what we've seen the last few weeks that arkansas team got drubbed by auburn over the weekend prior to that uh when they scored the 30 plus on florida it came right after they had scored three against mississippi state um (laughs) they sandwiched it yeah so so basically arkansas has been god awful for two of the last three weeks with the only exception being that when they traveled to the swamp and lit their ass up I mean, it's yeah. it's really it's almost as if that defense has quit on Florida, and what a shame! What a shame it is. 
Well, it's gone back a long way. I mean, the first time I think I really watched them was that Kentucky game where Kentucky ran for a thousand yards against them, and, and that running back set all kinds of records. And and, and at the time, I, when I watched that game, I was like. Florida's defense wants no part of contact at all. It was weird. They're soft, Ira, and I don't typically just float that out there or throw that label on people, but they are soft on defense. And then you watch this game Saturday, I mean, it looked like, yeah. Jane, I mean, there's, there's, there are plays, if you look around Twitter, there are a bunch of individual plays of, of where Florida fans are like, hey, what is this guy doing on this play? They're just – it's just independent contractors just floating around, <laughs> not trying to make plays. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. I think Jaden Daniels probably won the Heisman. For those that don't know, and we'll move on and get back to Florida State, he went 17 for 26 for 372 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, by the way, that in and of itself is really impressive. Now let's throw in 234 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Holy I'm like, moly. I'm like 12 or 13 carries. Uh, yes. It like he ran it 40 times. <laughs> he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He was getting 40 a pop. <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, I've never, I've never seen that. I mean, that's crazy. This is the list of players who threw for at least 250 yards and rushed for at least 200 in the same game between 2004 and 2023. Vince Young. That makes sense. Did it against USC in the national championship game. Um, Denard Robinson did it against Indiana when he was at Michigan. Johnny Manziel did it against Oklahoma in 2012. I remember it well. Jalen Nixon, who nobody saw do it against Arkansas State when he was at Louisiana. Quentin Flowers did it against Memphis in 2016 when he was at USF. Malik Cunningham did it against Duke. And Jaden Daniels did it against Florida. And that's it. That's all. It's crazy to see those numbers. Back to Florida State. How much do the starters play this week? It's senior weekend. You're going to want to make sure that, uh, as you wrote, everybody gets their flowers and we give them their just due, a standing ovation. Uh, all those guys are part of a massive turnaround. Jordan Travis will get a five-minute standing ovation at least. But how long do you want those guys to play? Because I'm saying one series. <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think it should be brief as well. Uh, but when I asked Mike North about that today, I mean, he gave one out a long speech about how important it is to <sighs> keep getting better and play better this week than they did last week. I, but then he came back towards the very end and said, "Now we're going to be smart with people." Mm. Uh, so I think I think guys that are seriously dealing with things like Maurice Smith appeared to be in that game, and, mm -hmm. and some other guys. My guess is. They'll be very limited. We've seen him do it so far. I mean, there's games this season I think where maybe some of these receivers could have played if if they were needed. Maybe some of the offensive linemen as well. So I think um, they'll be judicious with it. But the guys who go out there and play, my guess is they'll be out there until they get up maybe four scores. I mean, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he plays some of those guys a good bit. Um, but man, yeah, they need to rest that whole second half and then get that week off, uh, getting ready for Florida. Pretty cool, by the way, for us to be able to highlight uh, the special afternoon that Mastromano had. He gets to break the rock, and everybody laughs about a punter getting to break the rock. But, man, he's been awesome all year. Yeah, he was. You could tell he was a punter trying to pick up the sledgehammer, though. Yeah. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how many arm days Alex had. Uh, but he uh, – uh, but no, he was awesome, and, and really, the there—I mean, uh, excuse me, Miami's punter was great too. Um, yeah, he was. He wasn't, he wasn't as great as Alex. I mean, he seven punts, averaged forty-nine yards. Five of them, I think, were over fifty yards, 
and well, four of them were over 50 yards, and five of them went inside the 20. Two of them went inside the five. I mean, literally, it's almost it's like it was like pitching a one hitter. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. He was awesome, and special teams were great. And you highlighted it, noted it in your three two one column. A lot of things have had to be great for Florida State to piece this thing together to get to ten and zero because they have had an awful lot of injuries. They've had key players miss games. I mean, it's not normal to have one of your most impactful players to have to miss two and three games, and that happened with Johnny Wilson. They've had a ton of linemen miss times. We know Jordan has dealt with various injuries throughout the year and played through it. We know Keon Coleman has been labored. You've seen it with some guys on defense as well at various points. This really is one of the most lovable aspects about this team this year is they're not perfect, and there are other teams out there that maybe look at times better than Florida State. But they have had different people from different segment groups come through every Saturday when they've had to have it. And, you know, it's really what's cool about it is it's kind of what we hoped it would be when they were piecing this team together. If you go back to our conversation during the summer, you know, we said we didn't know that this team had the elite talent that some of the other teams in the country would have, whether it's Alabama or Georgia or maybe even an LSU. Like we didn't know if they had those superstar individual players. And they, you know, they've got probably a, uh, they've got a few, um, but but they don't have as many as some other teams. But what we were excited about was because of the work of Mike Norvell and his general manager of personnel, Derek Ray, and that whole staff. It's a very complete team. You know, there's not a lot of gaping holes. They may not be super at every area, but they're not really bad in any other area either. And I think what you've seen is in different games, different groups have stepped up, different players have stepped up. And even if things get taken away where the other team says, Jared Verse is not going to beat us today, or Keon Coleman's not going to beat us today, or Trey Benson's not going to beat us today, or Jordan, uh, they have other ways to kind of to still play well and, and give themselves a chance to win. I think that was a perfect example where special teams really came through, and the defense really came through in a big way that, on Saturday. Should make mention really quickly, Florida State knocked off Kennesaw State. Any thoughts on basketball before I say goodbye for today? My eyes were not – Bleeding. Um, <laughs> watch that game. It was. Uh, I was encouraged by it. Uh, here's my prediction. I'm a bold prediction. This is my real bold prediction. Oh, okay. I want to hear this. We're not going to have to go full Taylor Swift all basketball season on Seminole headlines. Nice. Talk a little bit. A little bit of FSU basketball this season. I was hoping to, but every time I tried last year, you and Corey would just break out into song <laughs> with Taylor Swift, and I'd get pissed about it because it just wasn't taking my man serious enough out there but yeah i don't think they're great but i like the front court so let's see we'll see should be, should, i think it's going to be uh at least it'll be uh worth watching it all right brother be good man i'll talk to you tomorrow thanks Jeff. yep let's uh warchant.com good times by the way just put a ribbon on all of this with the the coaching jobs and who are the best candidates and all that Well, we do have some people in the On3 network that you can reach out to and talk to that I've talked to and some others that uh, some of my cohorts have talked to. I actually don't think that Mike Norvell is anywhere close to atop that list of candidates. Like, if you want to rest easy because you're nervous with everything that I just described about him ascending as a young, vibrant coach who's succeeding, that's fine. I think he is that guy that I described. But I do not believe he's a realistic uh, top-tier candidate for that job. If you must know, it seems to me that uh, even even somebody like UTSA coach Jeff Trailer uh, is is a guy that um, is he's an East Texas native, 
built his career there as a coach at the high schools in the state. Everybody knows who he is. They know how good he is. He won three state championships in that state where they adore uh, you know, their high school football. He went on to have success right off the bat. Uh, huge impact at UTSA. He's probably a better candidate, but I actually believe it is Mike Elko to be the guy. Think about Mike Elko. In one year, he won ACC Coach of the Year, his first year at Duke. He's a Penn graduate. He's a really smart guy. He's only 46 years old. He's very affordable, not that money matters at all at Texas A&M, but he's also coached at Notre Dame. He's also coached at Wake Forest. He's also coached at Texas A&M. He would seem to be almost a perfect candidate at this point. So there are some other guys. Some people would point to Dan Lanning. I think if I'm Dan Lanning, who's a very good coach, coach. I'm not going to leave Oregon. I got Nike money. I got a good thing going there. I'm beloved. I believe in the rematch. They're going to smoke Washington and win the Pac-12. I think Oregon's one of the most dangerous teams in college football. He's got a good thing going there. I wouldn't leave. But there are a lot of other candidates that people would point to ahead of Mike Norvell. So don't get overly concerned. Hell, TCU's Sonny Dykes could be a candidate despite the terrible season that they're having, but Sonny just took them to the national championship game a year ago. So there are a lot of guys that are going to be looked at before Mike is considered all the way near the top of that list. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. How you holding up, Tom? You look a little shaky over there. I'm looking at this little computer box, and you look a little tired. He's been struggling a little bit. Now he can hear me? <laughs> How you holding up, Tom? Oh, what you talking about? I yeah. was just saying you look a little shaky right now. You've been under the weather today, I know, and I can see it. You're yeah. fading. The energy is coming out of you here. You're you're, you're going to need to rest, I think. Uh, a nap is going to be, you know, sometimes you know, just the, the comforter with the nap, too. The cold comforter is just the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the crud. I got the crud. Jamie brought the crud home from a successful uh, 26.2 dalliance up in New York, and I tried to avoid it. We thought she was over it before we reintegrated. Made it past the weekend, though. Made it past Miami weekend, which is critical. Well, and, if you're going to be uh, sick, North Alabama is the week to be sick. Uh, well, I'm going to get right for North Alabama. I'm committed to you know the final home game of the season. Got to make sure that we have all our I's dotted, T's crossed. It's a big game. Big game to go to 11-0 and because, in truth, you just want to see a lot of these young kids play. Can't wait to see them turn loose and, and uh, set the stage at Hotel. I don't disagree with that. I, I think one of the great things about the teams of yesteryear that were dominant were all the times that they got out to big leads against teams that they knew they could beat with their second, third, fourth string, if you will. And, uh, you know, you rolled some of these kids whose names you got familiar with in recruiting uh, and and got to see what they were about, how much faster they could be um, and how much stronger they could get and how much better they were going to make you two and three years down the road. So there are a lot of players on this team that I'm excited about what they're going to be next year. Now, one of the things that I would tell you, 
is that, and I'm serious about this, you know, the the two weeks where Florida State had these injuries they were dealing with to the receiving core, uh, most notably both of those weeks without Johnny, and then also, of course, the one without Keon, but those weeks included weeks in which, you know, they, they had problems with Destin Hill and his ankle, and then you had the injury to Hakeem. I don't know what their status is this Saturday, but Tom, this would be, I mean, these are games where you could really see these two gentlemen light up a scoreboard and put up huge numbers. And they're already guys that excite this fan base and excite me about what they're going to look like next year. Uh, I, I think Florida State's receiving core is in really good hands moving forward. I like some of the younger players that haven't played. I think Hakeem is a bona fide star in the making. I think if Destin gets right, uh, he is a star in the making. I don't know if I can count on Vendravius Jacobs to be here uh, and, and and be the guy, but if he can get right in terms of his, his mind, I think that this is a kid who's uber-talented. I mean, they, they could be really good at receiver next year, even though they're going to lose Johnny Wilson, even though they're going to lose Keon Coleman. Yeah, especially if, um, you know, the battlezone.com, if you can perhaps close the deal with a couple of these freshmen that were on campus this weekend, Correct. too. You talk about replenishing the depth and what's necessary there, the battlezone.com, to see if you can get these guys <laughs> to help be next year, first year players. If you, if Jeremiah Smith were to come here, he's not sitting for a year. He's going to be in the fold. He's going to be in the rotation right away. If Cam Coleman, who is committed to Texas A&M still somehow, uh, if Cam Coleman decides to come down here, it's much the same. Come on, Cam. Uh, we know what time it is. Stop wasting all of our time with this nonsense with Texas A&M. It's a dumpster fire. You can already see it in the defensive back room. You can already see the flip that is happening. You've got the commitments that you have for this upcoming class, and it's the best defensive back class in America. just is. And we know what Conrad Hussey is becoming. The coaching staff is already trusting him. Frankly, I think Edwin Joseph might have gotten some more run if there wasn't a health issue there this part of the season. And I, I hate that because this is another game that he played a bunch. Quindarius and KJ Kirkland. I mean, like uh, Ashlyn Barker made a big play on special teams in this game and mm-hmm. uh, he got some run. That's my guy. Uh, was it he got a turnover against Pitt? I think, or was it a sack? It was sack. a sack again. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a whole bunch of, of get you some in that room. Receiver, you've got a few guys. But now if you can close the deal with a couple of these kids in 24, dude, that room will be completely overhauled. And think about where we were with wide receivers just a couple off seasons ago before the transfer portal mm-hmm. helps fortify the ranks. It's just night and day, night and day. And that's you get to see a little bit of a sneak preview at several position groups this weekend. P. Simpson, I did see that. He writes, did you guys see the five-star wide receiver that decommitted from Colorado and said, Dion likely won't be there when I get there? Yeah, I, I listen, they're, they're a a mess like we thought they'd be they've uh dropped what is it six straight or six of seven at least and um you know as it turns out that a win over tcu really doesn't mean anything that team is terrible uh is not going to a bowl meaning tcu and and so you, you just look that that's that they, they he set some precedent this year that probably won't sit well with recruits which is to say that after losses he's rolled his team several times that never is gonna win over a lot of people glitz and glam does some but when people like sift between that and they're like, "Hey, man, this that's uncool," <laughs> just ripping players all the time, questioning their commitment, that doesn't right. seem like a good idea to me. Well, and then you know, your offensive coordinator is the reason that you're dropping thirty and in these games uh, with a bad defense that can't stop, can't do anything really. 
and then you fire that guy for a, you know an assistant that you have to elevate to to play caller in the middle of the season. Like the OC is the problem. Well, they bring in the new guy now. I didn't watch the Arizona game. That's a heartbreaking loss for them because that would have if they could have gotten that, that would have been to to break the Schneid an impressive win for Colorado. But the first game for the new coordinator, they didn't leave anybody else in to protect their quarterback who would do better by leaving Colorado and leaving his father because then he actually would have a chance to move forward in his career and not lose his life at the age of 23, <laughs> 24 years yeah, old. Yeah, that offensive line's terrible. Yeah. That, that the one thing I've learned about the Sanders family this year in Colorado is that quarterback, while he might poke your eye out, is as tough as nails. He takes more hits than anybody has a right to. It's ridiculous, and he continues to play through it. Yeah, and he's he's developed a lot from his time early in college to where he is now as a passer. He's gotten very good. So, uh, yeah, if he could be protected, it might be something. But, uh, but alas, what a shame. Just like if they could have beaten Arizona, but they did not. Uh, so there it is. Speaking of which, uh, old Jed Fish there is kicking ass. That team is 7-3. and three. How about that? Well, Arizona was it was like the pits of the world two years ago. So he, too, is ascending the coaching ladder and doing a good job. Uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, back to Florida State, I do think, all jokes aside, and Mike talked about getting better every week and making sure that your players are moving forward and getting reps. Yeah, I think he's going to play every player he has. I mean, remember that game earlier this year, the Southern Miss game? We had walk-ons out there. We had people you had never heard of out there. That's what's going to yeah, happen. That's what will happen in this game. Mike said it was close to 100 kids that played because it was beyond just the, the Scallies. So he said it was a record that they had set for the amount of players in a game that he had ever coached. They, he'd never gotten that many dudes on the field. Yeah, that has to be. And that that is something that we'll get to as we get in, you know, to, towards the pregame show and later in the week. But there are a lot of kids who are seniors that you've never heard of, but this team has. And in practice every day, those kids are important. And you get a chance on a senior night, 6.30 kick, it's going to be live on the CW, that you, know, you can have these kids walk out of the tunnel and not only wear the jersey that they don't often get to wear, they're not a part of the travel team, they can go play. They can go play for Florida State, and they have been here. If you're a senior walk-on at Florida State, fifth or sixth year, whatever it is, and you've been here as a walk-on through all of this stuff, Man, you got to get out of your seat at Doe Campbell when they walk through and, and get the roses and take the photos with their parents this Saturday. That's that's the kind of thing I'm excited for is those kids get a chance to be celebrated because they've seen a lot of crap and they're rewarded for working hard behind the scenes without a scholarship. I've said many times football practice is very hard. It is a sport where you sacrifice a ton, your free time being chief amongst them, and then also um, you know, to the, the shots you take as a scout team member or as somebody that has to be on the wrong side of a rep against a first and second teamer when you're not of that ability but you love the game and you love Florida State and you've always wanted to don the uniform. It's amazing. You're right. The commitment that one has to show – day in and day out over a long period of time to be willing to take that beating and do those things and make those other players whom we do know better because of the reps they get with you because of your willingness to do that. You're absolutely right. And I think most fans appreciate that. It's well said, Tom. Uh, standing O for all of those involved. All right. Go get your nap, Tom. Good work out of you, director. Thank you, Ira. Thanks to all of you. Be well. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Seminole headlines, all that good stuff. Peace. Thank you.